So, break it to me. How did the poll go? Well, 67% of people went for one, and 33% of one went for the other. That sounds like quite a convincing victory. Yes. Any guesses which the 67% was? Well, last time I checked it, yours was in the lead, so I think it's probably yours. Yeah. 67% my weather average app. So just to recap on what that was, um, I was thinking of, well, should we just recap what this whole thing is in case people are jumping in? Yeah, that's a very good idea. Tom came up with a great idea of coming up with a side project for us to work through together so that people could get a feel of what it's like to follow along on a real coding project and all the ins and outs of how you deal with working between multiple people and what sort of systems you use to make sure that everything keeps on track and people don't get confused and how you can link the front end and back end together. Is that a good description? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, And also it's um, just documenting the side of things that are often documented as well. The mechanics, like the interpersonal stuff that happens when you when you work on some code. My idea was the Weather Averager app. Well, I mean, we, we we get to decide now, but the original idea was you take uh, lots of different sources of weather and then you kind of vote on which one is most accurate at the time. And then the more that gets voted, I guess, maybe like the bigger it becomes on the screen so you can see which one is most popular for that certain location. Yeah, and do we even do we even mention the loser? Do we just leave that off? Well, you've got the uh, you've got the domain, so no one can steal it. Yeah, I've got the domain name, so we can let that. Let that lie for a little while, see if anything surfaces organically in the future. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Well with that mysterious comment, should we move <laughs> on to uh should we move on to what we're gonna do? So we kind of talked last time about some of the programs we were gonna use to help us work on it. So we had we talked about Notion as our way of tracking all the tasks that we need to do, and we we're gonna use Git as a form of version control. And I think that's about all we got to really wasn't it because we were waiting for the people to decide uh, which one was victorious yeah i think and that was all that we could could do at the time and it's a useful that it's kind of the boring minutiae of setting up something is picking those kind of tools because they don't have any effect on the end project they are just administrative tools for us um so it's a way of us keeping track and and also git i guess is eventually a, a way to open it out to the world they could have an effect on uh how long it takes of using <laughs> maybe the wrong tools. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or we could spend forever <laughs> obsessing about which tool to use and that delays us forever. Yeah. I think uh, a lot of people end up doing that sort of thing, especially when you're a vision planning. You sp- it's like spending too long on planning your vision and you never actually do it. <laughs> <laughs> so where would be a good place to start? I think we should drill into the idea more. Yes, we're going to open up Notion and we can write down some things. We got card one, card two, card three. No status. <laughs> yeah, so these are all blank. So this is just this is just boilerplate to get us started. And we can put a screenshot of Notion in the show notes as well, so people know what we're talking about. But essentially, visualize a wall of post-it notes and <laughs> with just basically the status of what thing we're working on. So, let, but I think before we get into breaking it down into tasks to be done, I think we need to look at the big picture of what is the goal and what we what we're trying to achieve well the goal is to come up with and i don't know whether we want it to be maybe just a web app or maybe we could i've always been quite interested in kind of doing an ios app perhaps well there's a an idea that comes around in sort of entrepreneurial startup circles of like just having one miracle 
don't know if you've come across that before. So no. there's so if you're coming up with a business idea and your plan, you can in your business plan, if you're ambitious and you're thinking of taking over the world, you're going to need one miracle, and that be that like massive user growth or a fantastic technological achievement. Um, there's going to be have to be one thing that you're taking a gamble on, and that's just the nature of the process. You, so it's a risky business starting up something, um, and if you want to really conquer the world, you're going to have to be good and lucky all at the same time. But you should only really account to ha- count for having one of those kind of magic moments. Mm. And it feels to me like maybe doing an actual app like that will runs on phones. I think being as neither of us have done, done that before, that is that would be a miracle to get that done. Yeah, and I think possibly we should save our miracle for something else. <laughs> like we should only build in one area of absolute like we don't know what we're doing. So if we want to actually build a web application, something that runs in the browser, that is within the comfort zone of what we've both done previously. So that's kind of a, a safe bet. Okay, so in that we could do a progressive web app, perhaps. Oh, yeah, we certainly could. Yeah, we want to push fun. ourselves. Yeah, that's like an, an element of extra fun that we can do that covers some kind of trendy things. Am I right in thinking a progressive web app is just a website, but you get like notifications on it? Um, and also it has a set, like a essentially a schema that, gives it information to your gives information about it to your phone so you could load it on your home screen and it would have an icon and it would look app like but i think maybe that is only applicable to google devices i don't know if that works on if it works on ios i don't know of any person who's ever used one so if you've used a progressive web app in that sense let us know but <laughs> I, I anecdotally i've never come across that being used i think I, I tried using one once and it wasn't very good yeah i think websites are better to be honest native apps are great we can make it a web app and then maybe later down the line we could do something like electron i know people hate electron but a lot of the apps i use are electron apps notion notion is an electron app slack is an electron app and they're memory memory hogs but it's a way of solving that problem that uses skills that we have already wait for project marzipan yeah exactly yeah exactly. So the apple's all device you build it once for everything yeah but then you so say we'd need to learn swift then which neither of us know at the moment which is fine sounds like xcode's a bit horrible to work with i've only toyed with it briefly in the past and it was, it was not fun then <laughs> four years ago i kind of don't know how much better it's got yeah okay so i think we'll stick with just our website for now so what i'm thinking our miracle will be the thing that we don't know right now that we will have to work out is where does our data come from? Yes. So this is it's, so the idea that, you, as you've proposed it, is to take multiple sources of weather information and then have them judged retrospectively on their accuracy. That's basically it. Is that right? No. Well, judge. Okay. Yeah. Judge. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. This is the point at which we should drill down more closely. So explain in as if you were talking to a child what your idea is. You open up the site. It gives you the weather for your current location. So like like every weather app that exists. Like every weather app, but you've got a few maybe like bubbles. There's like three bubbles or three mm-hmm. cards with different weathers on. And you can look at the weather and then you just click on the one that is most accurate to what is happening at the time. And then over time, weather sources that are voted up more become bigger cards or bigger bubbles. That's what I was thinking. But I like the sound of what you said because that's less user input. So when you open the app, you're just seeing the weather for where you are now yeah right now not the weather in the future the weather as it is yeah because uh, there's loads of weather apps aren't there yeah I, yeah <laughs> yeah is so people are looking at this to get the weather or are they looking at this to determine which of the other weather apps is more accurate so that's the one they should base on 
Well, that's where the idea came from. Let's get back to first principles. Let's explain your initial friction point. What did you? What were you struggling with? My problem is that I've got three weather apps on my phone, and one of them is more accurate in a st- back in Cornwall, where I'm from, mm-hmm. and then there's another one that is more accurate when I'm in London. To have accurate weather when I'm travelling between two places, I've, I have to have like multiple apps on my phone. I'd like to just have one. I guess is the problem. Hmm. So then I was thinking, I just thought it'd be a bit of fun, and then you could just vote on which one's best, and then we could see which weather apps are better in certain locations, and over time those become big, and if they're really popular, then the other weather apps just become really small and disappear. Hmm. And do we know how accurate, do, do we know how accessible the information that these weather apps provide is? Do we have any idea if we can get in and get that information out? No. Well, there's, I know you can get, there's the Open Weather API. Mm-hmm. So that's one weather source one. <laughs> yeah. that we can we can access and judge and yeah this was my worry about it that it was not mm-hmm. actually possible <laughs> <laughs> so we may end up doing your one <laughs> well let's explore this a bit further let's see how far we can actually get so um if we google open weather data so open weather map is that what you were yeah i guess yeah oh, top 10 weather apis here we go this could be promising and so the bbc weather does rss feeds oh, okay so that's all right of three-day forecasts and the latest observations. The Met Office does an unsupported data point. Data point is an unsupported service to access freely available Met Office data feeds in a format that is suitable for application developers. Okay. So we should. Yeah, so I guess that is not something you should build a business on because it's undocumented, unofficial, could go away at any time, but is actually a source of information. Have you interacted with any APIs yet in your travels as a developer? I have. I've interacted with the open, the weather one you were talking about a second ago. So, do you want to explain to explain to noobs what that what an API is and what connecting to it looks like? Um, so, it's a way of getting data from locations, and you just send. I think you just send a web URL, don't you, with certain things in it, and then it gives you back a, a JSON file generally of data. Yeah, so I suppose a good summary is that an API is generally a series of what we call endpoints, which are web addresses, and then you can either get or post to those endpoints. And there's a, a few other commands you can do as well. But yeah, you send a get request to that endpoint, you're saying, give me some information, and it then returns, rather than a web page, it returns a packet of data. And sometimes if it's a REST API, it will return JSON format, which is a way of explaining information in a kind of JavaScript-friendly notation. There are other types of API, like SOAP and things that will return XML and such. But basically, we get a block of information that we can read with a computer. Hmm. So like a representational state transfer. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> so, so, it, so now we've exposed two points that we could get at. So we've got this... Um, REST API for the Met Office data, data point and also there's the RSS feed for the BBC weather app and that returns XML yeah so they're both information in computer readable format Format. so that is suitable for using as, as data sources I wonder if maybe we dig into to just one of them to start maybe the, what's the minimum viable product what's the simplest form of our application that will be useful well, we need at least two weather. I guess we need two weather sources. Oh, we? do it, do it. Can we can we break it down to one? Like, so if you look at the BBC one, which gives you a three day forecast, does it also give you what is the forecast now? Just having a look. So I'm clicking on latest observations. So these are the examples mm-hmm. are for Man- Manchester. Latest observations for Manchester from BBC weather. So temperature. So this is six p.m. GMT. Nine degrees 
centigrade, wind direction west northwesterly, wind speed 8 miles per hour, humidity 66%, pressure 1036 millibars, steady, visibility dash dash. <laughs> and that's it. So, and what does the three day forecast look like? What kind of information are we giving? So, the three day forecast, here we go. I should be using Postman for this, it'll be more, a bit easier to read. Yeah, that would be interesting. Uh, Postman, for those that don't know, is an application for accessing yeah, exactly this, accessing API, uh, API endpoints without having to actually write any code. It's like a GUI for that. You just type in the web address and you can authenticate and mock all sorts of things out. But I guess in this instance, just send it a URL. So three-day forecast for Manchester. Tonight, light cloud, minimum temperature 5 degrees. Thursday, sunny intervals, minimum temperature, blah, blah, blah. And that gives all, it's all the same information I just read out on the first one. Mm-hmm. And then Friday, sunny intervals minimum temperature so we could just build an application that could tell how accurate is the three-day bbc temperature recording by then saying over time how does it change so we so now so if our application could read it now and would get store those sort of store those bits of information and then tomorrow would look at it and see if the two-day one matches with the three-day one from the day before see how much it's changed in the 24 hours and then do the same again the next day so by the time we get to three days in the future we can then say oh what is the weather today and how does that compare to the last three forecasts that the bbc had for this yes i think i understand you (laughs) (laughs) we save the three days weather tomorrow we look at tomorrow's weather currently and then see if that's the same as what we saved yesterday so say we're uh, say the app is running on a monday on the monday it loads looks at tuesday wednesday and thursday data but what we're in this instance, we're just going to focus on one day. So it looks at Thursday, yeah. stores that information. And then on Tuesday, it looks at Thursday again, sees how much that information has changed, also stores it. And then on Wednesday, it looks at Thursday again, takes that information and stores it. And then on Thursday itself, the application can say the the weather was this accurate. <laughs> the forecast was this accurate. So maybe, so maybe what we're building is rather than a web application, we're building a tool to measure the accuracy of three-day forecasts in a certain in different regions we could compile all that together and make some kind of uh, make a web page that visualizes that so people can go and they can see oh in scotland the bbc three-day weather weather forecast over the last two months has been 70 percent accurate Um, but in london it's been 100 percent accurate to give you a sense of the variance over time uh, or geographically of how these how accurate these services are is this something that may have been already exists everything exists google the search engines existed before google we just do it better and also let's not get straight though we want this to be something practical um but we also want it to be just something that we can have a bit of fun with we're not trying to make this as a business we're trying to do this to document like you learn some learn some code and have something you can put in your portfolio at the end of it yeah it doesn't have to be brown groundbreaking oh no i was just because it will be groundbreaking to both of us because i've never worked with a weather api before mm-hmm. oh i have i know i have it's all coming back to you now yeah, isn't it? it was very limited <laughs> <laughs> but it gives us a chance to maybe have some have some fun with it have a web page that looks entertaining that people might find useful when they look at it in like a couple of months time okay great and then as and the reason for doing kind of what they call minimum viable product version of it is like what's the simplest form but then once we've got that sorted we could expand and start doing this for the different sources so we could then say oh look at Cornwall look at the Met Office and the BBC forecast which of these is historically most accurate in this region Mm -hmm. and then slowly try and roll out to as many sources as we can yes great <laughs> the main problem i the main problem i see with this is that a weather apps information is its business so it's going to be protected with that it's kind of got some kind of there might be intellectual property rights to it but there's definitely that's their competitive advantage they're not going it's not in their interest to share massively so we may run into some problems down the line but at least we've got an rss feed that we can now read 
periodically with our application and actually build a data set that we can do something with. So we're actually doing something with code. Yeah, like my uh, rugby table. Yeah, exactly like that. So yeah, as, as that's probably quite a good example. So maybe talk through that for the podcast. Yeah, so I've kind of just created my own API, a very limited at the moment, <laughs> of the UK Rugby Union Premiership table. So I just go on to the, I think I get it from the BBC actually. So I just, um, I scrape their website using Python um, and then I extract the pieces of data and put it into my own table. But every week I've saved the data. So I've got the data from every week. So I've done something where it takes the current time and date and saves as the file name and saves it every week so i do have that data there if at some point i want to go back and maybe like you were saying visualize how teams have moved up and down the premiership week to week yeah which is which is something that you don't get by going directly to that website that you're scraping yeah because it just give that website just gives you a snapshot of when you the time when you look at it that's what the that's the table standings as they are yeah exactly so you've built yourself a, i guess are you putting that in a database are you how are you storing that um they're just as csv files yeah that's perfectly good that's that's an excellent way to store data yeah so i've got a csv file for each week i haven't done anything with it yet but it's there so that is very very similar to what we're going to be doing for this weather thing then so we're going to be building basically a, a data set of weather data like we're going to be putting together csvs i imagine <laughs> <laughs> like on Thursday, what was the weather? Yeah, maybe the best thing to do now is say one of us works out how you access the different locations from the RSS feed mm. and how to get that into a CSV file, and the other person builds something to show that simply. I don't know. Yeah, that could be pretty useful. Yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> task, <laughs> task set. <laughs> yeah, so you're going to build a system, You're going to build something that will periodically look at that an RSS feed for a location, save that information, and I'll put together a primitive UI to read to display that on a web page. Yeah, that's a good first step, I guess. So should we write these as tasks on our? Yeah. So these then become so these then become tasks that we put on our Kanban board. API connection proof of concept, I guess, would be the first task. And what's involved in that? So the first bullet point in there would probably be, can I, with code, go to the URL, get information. So that initial get request. Yeah. And then I guess storing that is then the next tech mark. And then exposing that in a way that our application can read. So are we building some, Are we building ourselves an API that sits under the hood? Or are we going to essentially make one monolithic project where front and back kind of are in the same place? and there's a database perhaps i was thinking the cards would be one card would say scrape rss feed data into csv or something and then i'd sign that to me and then the other one would be create simple front end that may be better actually yeah the more fine grain the more fine grain these are the better but i mean the, the original like api connection proof of concept card was not covering any of the front end at all that's just get the data store the data and that's like one job almost just to prove that that works I think you've just. I think what you've done there is more succinctly express <laughs> the same the same idea. So, <laughs> yeah. So we have a card now that says scrape RSS data feed into a CSV file, and that's going to be assigned to you. And then create a simple front end for that assigned to me. So that's two two tasks that we can move into our not started column, <laughs> and then as we work on them, we can move them across. There we go. So that's it. Project is started. Ooh. So next time we meet, next time we have our stand up, we'll be looking at how to get the data feed into. And I guess a nice way, and these episodes, a nice way will be we can just come explain what we've done, any problems we faced, how we got past them. Yeah, I think that will, that will be a more robust format going forward. Yeah, and then discuss how we're going to put it together for the next step. Mm. So you kind of see, yeah, like you say, these snapshots of where we're at without having to hear all the nitty gritty details of working it out. So what we've done for the first episode is have a little brainstorming session and then get started.
do we want to have like a tech stack card so we can keep track of what we're using? So we talked about using Django, didn't we, last week? Oh, yeah. I probably wouldn't put that on a card at the moment. I mean, we, at some point, we're, we're because both of these are, we're in proof of concept stage now. So yeah. so we're not using Django. I'm just going to make a little Python script. Right, whatever works for a prototype. So you want a CSV file at the end of it. And I guess this is where the interesting, how's your simple front end going to know what, <laughs> what my data's given to you as? Yeah, so I, I guess I need to... I just need to make something, make a little node app that will read that file wherever it is and pump that into a, a template for now. Okay, so you don't need to know the names of any columns or anything like that. I will once we get started, but this is something as as we go along over the next couple of weeks working on these in our spare time, we'll talk back and forth, and make some connections. Okay, and we can now officially rename this project to whether, well, is it even an averager anymore? Whether, oh, yeah, that's a good thing. Naming, and maybe, maybe we should put a card on the board for come up with a good name. Weather checker. Excellent. All right, so we've got our task to do for next week. Well, probably not next week, but <laughs> at some point. <laughs> and we'll have another question next week. Yeah, uh, I think as this project progresses and we see whether it's actually useful in the context of the podcast, we can take a view each time we do it as to when the next one should be. Next week will be a more archetypal example of what this kind of episode will be like because we will have done some stuff, you'll have some feedback, we'll have a little bit of back and forth about how did you find doing some code, which is more on brand with what the podcast is about. So now that we've got past the awkward oh, what should we do? How do we do it? Stage. We're now actually into doing some stuff, talking about the process of doing some day-to-day code and collaborating on that code. Yeah, I think that'll be more interesting. <laughs> At the end of the day, that's the bit that's that's the bit that's most relevant to people learning to code because a lot of people don't get that hands-on experience of collaborating. Mm. And that's the bit that we should focus on. Like how is like document that experience? Yeah, okay. Thanks a lot for listening and feel free to give us any feedback. You can find us on Twitter at AQOCode. Yeah, and this has been a a weird format, so let us know what you think and whether we should carry on. Um, But otherwise, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.